Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
So here is all my praise Expressed with all my heart Offered to a friend Who took my place And ran a course I could not start And when he saw in just how much his love would cost. He still went the final mile between me and heaven. So 
the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the sun of God disclosed
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done To deserve even one Of the pleasures I've known Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown? Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it so. I know what I am Now that I know That I've needed you So help me, Jesus My soul's in your hands Try me, Lord, if you think there's a way I could ever repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I could show someone else what I've been On my way back to you Oh Lord, help me, Jesus I've wasted it So help me, Jesus I know
I have tasted that you were never real. 
And I confess that though your love is in me, it doesn't always win me when competing with my sin. And I repent, making no excuses. sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 13, 6. the 
wisdom at the truth they heard him speak for in the master's voice they heard the power that framed the heavens the peace that
You're listening to Songs of Praise. Come thou fount of every blessing To my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise his name I'm fixed upon it The name of God's redeeming love Hitherto thy love has blessed me, thou hast drawn me to this place, and I know thy hand will lead me safely home by thy good grace. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering.
been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Continuing chapter 19. Last week we finished with Harold working with the Advent Radio Church in Sydney. It is early 1945, resuming now. The wars in Europe and the Pacific drew to a close. On September 3, 1945, the Australasian record carried Harold's report entitled Follow-Up Work in Sydney Suburbs. It reveals something of the breadth of Harold's pastoral work and the way in which God uses his people to reach others with the Adventist message. The report is reproduced below. 
Since I have been in this work, I have realized more than ever how little we know to whom God will give credit for souls won to him when so many have a share in the work. Personally, I believe that the Isachars in the church will come in for a big share. At the time of writing, I have in mind an aged sister of the Wurunga church, Sister Swannell by name. This dear sister, bordering on 80, has for some time been visiting a convalescent home on the North Shore line, doing what she could to cheer and comfort the aged and infirm patients. A few months ago, she asked if I could spare the time to give some studies to a patient who had already decided to keep God's holy rest day. Since we have been engaged in these studies, another dear soul has responded. During this time, Sister Swinnell entered another ward, and I'm confident more fruit is developing there as a result of such labour of love. Another case is that of a physically sick sister from Curry Curry, near Newcastle, New South Wales, who through her persistent entreaties enabled me to enter a home and give studies where a short time before had been put off. Now all in the home, mother, son and daughter, are regularly attending Sabbath services. When rewards are given out, there will be some big surprises. Jewels will shine on many a crown possessed by those who receive little credit here. Coming to radio interests, I should like to say that since the Bible Correspondence course has been adopted, the follow-up work has been much more profitable as far as souls are concerned. The prospect of finishing the work in this generation could be more readily accepted as we see the effects of our radio and Bible course efforts. A short time ago, a lady wrote to our radio office asking us to pray for her in her sad bereavement. Word had just come that her son had been killed in action. Our sympathy was conveyed by a personal visit and arrangements were made for studies. After giving her a study one day, she burst into tears. On inquiring the reason, she said, I cannot express in words my deep appreciation of the blessing I have received from the radio addresses and the studies. They have changed my whole outlook on life. I want you to accept this small token of my gratitude toward the radio work. The small token was five pounds, five shillings. The radio is reaching many such homes where there are trouble and sorrow. They could bear a similar testimony to the one just quoted. A lady wrote in from Narrabeen, a northern Sydney suburb, after studying her 16th Bible lesson. She said, I have brought up my family carefully, instructing them in proper Sunday observance, even requesting my friends not to visit me on that day, believing, of course, that it was the Sabbath of the Bible. Imagine my surprise in learning about the true Sabbath. However, I must do my best to make amends and shall from now keep the Sabbath of the commandment. This lady had been visited, and we are studying in her home. Her husband has taken his stand also, and both are preparing for baptism. From Macquarie Fields, a lady wrote to say that while she would like to have more truth, she was not well educated and had no Bible. On visiting her, we were able to arrange studies. She now has a Bible, is enjoying the readings, and has made her decision to obey all God's commandments. A young man not 17 years of age, who listens in and is taking the Bible course, sent a letter asking some questions regarding his studies. Answers were given in a personal visit. He is now attending one of our churches every Sabbath. This young man is employed in a city publishing house and has an ambition to be a journalist. He is shaping well too, 
for he has already contributed articles to some local papers on evolution and Daniel too. I could continue writing and citing similar cases, but shall leave the rest for a later report. I am very much enjoying my work. My hands are full just now, and some cases on my list are most interesting. For the success that has been achieved, we give our God all the praise. I am confident that greater results will yet be seen as we draw nearer to God and receive a fuller measure of His Holy Spirit. Harold's work with the Radio Church continued. On September 21, 1946, Harold and Pastor R.C. Piper represented the Radio Church at a large baptism at Waitara Church, Sydney. Three of the 18 candidates, most of whom were young people, were prepared by the ministry of the Radio Church. One was a medical student, another a nurse, and the third was preparing to enter Avondale College as a student. Harold also continued hospital visitations. Harold turned 70 in December 1947, but continued his ministry in Sydney. Yet it was only several months into 1948 that Harold realised that his health was no longer able to sustain full-time ministry, and he decided that it was time to retire. Harold and Anne moved to Dora Creek near Coorumbong, New South Wales. On September 21, 1948, a piece appeared in the Australasian record entitled 50 Years of Joyous Service. The Apostle Paul was fond of describing himself as a bondservant of Jesus Christ, observed one writer, and a bondservant was one who had no other ambition than to do his master's will. He did not divide the hours between the time spent in work and time used for himself. He did not watch a dial and count the overtime. All the hours of the day were given to his Lord. There are those who still have no other ambition than to do the will of the Lord Jesus, and one of these, Pastor H.C. Harker, has recently retired because of diminished health. All who have learned to know him through his long and loving ministry will agree that his enthusiasm in the king's business was vitalizing and infectious. Now Pastor Harker writes, My son Eric has provided us with a lovely little home right on the banks of Dora Creek, an ideal spot and only four miles from the School of the Prophets which I attended 49 years ago. Their many friends will pray that Pastor and Mrs Harker's health will benefit from relaxation among the scenes of nature and that the reward of their service will be happiness and peace. Their address is Post Office Dora Creek, New South Wales. By request, Pastor Harker has written for us the experiences which follow under his favourite title, Ebenezer, Hitherto Hath the Lord Helped Us. Harold then recounted some of his experiences since entering denominational employment in 1897. Several excerpts are recorded here. In my evangelical work I have preached the Advent message in tents, halls, public parks, on street corners, and have given lunch hour talks at iron foundries, boot factories and railway workshops. It is interesting to look through the names of the 20 different presidents under whom I have worked. During the same time I had assisting me 17 different young men, nine of whom hold credentials, five of them occupying responsible positions, and two are now deceased while the remainder are engaged in ministerial or missionary activity. It is very gratifying to me to see their steadfastness and progress in the Lord's service. The association with all these men was most pleasant, and my prayers have followed them that we may all be kept faithful to the end, and when the commission is fulfilled, 
join our voices in welcoming back the Chief Shepherd. In my evangelical work, I have used the public press extensively. At one conference, while reporting in the large pavilion, I brought out the newspaper clippings of my reports all pasted together, and they stretch right around the pavilion. How many people read these reports I do not know, but the inspired writer has declared, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. In one city where every sermon was reported in the press, I called upon the editor to ascertain how the circulation of the paper had been affected. He replied that the circulation had increased and gave me a written statement to use at any place as a recommendation to the local press. Now, as I look over the past, I can only say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. tip lady and I love giving tips to help make life more simple. Do you ever hear something that seems to hit you slam bang right between your eyes? Well I did the other day. It's so absolutely obvious that you might be tempted to just whiz past it if you hear this statement but it landed in my brain and it wouldn't leave. Do you want to know what it is? Here it is. You only get to live once. Well, that's obvious, isn't it? But how much do we think about it? If we did think about it, how would it affect our daily actions? Well, some of us live in the past and we're full of regrets. If only, if only, if only seems to be our theme. If only we'd done this or that, or not done this or that. Some of us live for the future. We're going to do this or that. We're going to graduate from this degree. We're going to go on that holiday. We'll have time for fun with our husband or kids. We're going to do it soon or someday. And we forget to really live today. Do you want a story? I've got a tiny little jar. I think it was a little old Marmite jar tucked away out of sight because when I see it, it makes me feel sad. But I don't want to get rid of it because it reminds me that we only get to live once. It has a few small coins in it. It's not full, but every coin was put in there because our young son wanted to help us really live. He was just a little chap at the time and we were flat out paying bills with no money to spare. He started a fun jar so that we could one day spend the money on doing something together just for fun. Grandma might give him a coin for some treat, but he'd squirrel it away to put in the fun jar. He might earn a little coin for some simple job and into the jar it went. Do you want to know why it makes me so sad, very sad? We never did it. Doesn't mean we never had fun together, but we never honoured his little sacrifices by taking that money 
and using it for something just for fun. He wanted to go on a boat and watch whales. We could have slipped some extra money into that jar and we could have made a memory that we'd all have together, but we didn't. Why? Or maybe better still, why not? We allowed the tyranny of the urgent to dictate our actions. I can't bear to show that jar to our now grown young man. He doesn't know I've still got it. It stays tucked out of sight. Maybe one day. But I'm more determined than ever that since we only get to live once, I'm going to really live it. So my first tip is to really live one day at a time. Choose to wake up in the morning with a heart full of gratitude. Choose to greet your family with a smile. Choose to hear the birds singing their happy carols while they go about looking for food. Choose to notice the raindrops or the sunlight streaming in. Choose to use only encouraging words to myself and others. Choose to do something that you've been putting off and do it with joy. Choose to be happy amongst the challenges of life. Choose to really live today. I love making acrostics. You know what an acrostic is? You know, you use the letters of a word to make a statement. I thought about the word live, L-I-V-E. So, well, this is the acrostic I came up with. Live in vibrant enthusiasm. Perhaps this is one prescription of what it means to truly live. How about you think of another? I'm sure there's plenty more. And since I only get to live once, and even though life may have dealt some hard blows and there might be some more hard blows coming, I'm choosing to really live full of life, vibrant, buoyant, strong, thriving, enthusiastically. And since I only get to live once, then here comes tip number two. Choose to make this the best day and really live. Choose to flourish, bloom, be energetic, lively, active, vibrant, full of life, regardless even of physical and perhaps mental health challenges. We can do this. Nehemiah reminds us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Paul encourages us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So let's remember tip number one. Really live one day at a time. And tip number two, choose to make this the best day and really live. That's it today from the two-tip lady who loves to make life more simple.